0: Hello and welcome to the GemCast. I'm your host, Alex Knight, and this is Episode 3. Today I'm joined by Aline Sims, founder of the Less Than or Equal podcast, and science fiction writer K Tempest Bradford. In Episode 3, Kimber's Rebellion, Gem and the Holograms are heading to Paris to film their first music video. Kimber's not having much fun, though, since she thinks Gem is getting way too much attention. Eric Raymond recognizes this upon her return and makes Kimber an offer to pursue a solo career. One of the Starlight Girls, Ashley, allies herself with the Misfits, while Rio continues to struggle with his feelings for Jim and Jerrica. Stay tuned for an action-packed episode. Showtime synergy. Alright, so episode 3. Uh, have you both watched it? Yes.
1: Yeah, just did.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Gave it another watch as well last night. So it starts, uh, pretty epically from the previous episode, uh, just by a hair. Um, the, uh, cruise ship that they're on manages to just avoid collision. No, <laughs> thanks to the misfits and pizzazz, <laughs> oh, just randomly turning dials.
2: That's really a way to just do anything is just to yeah. randomly turn dials.
0: <laughs> exactly. You, I just go ahead.
1: I was gonna say, if you think about it, like Pizzazz is the luckiest person in the world because it doesn't matter what type of heavy machinery she's trying to operate, she can just do it. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, with, <laughs> yeah, she's adept at using bulldozers. Yeah, with it's no amazing. prior training.
1: It's amazing. Yeah,
2: and she's also uh, adept at almost killing people and getting away with it, and not having the police come for her. Yeah,
0: yeah, and there there will be plenty more of that to come. Oh in. yes. Later episodes. I thought it was hilarious how the, when the misfits escape on the boat, Pizzazz waves to the countess and says, um, you know, thanks, thanks for the hospitality or whatever. And the countess is like, well, oh, I should call the Coast Guard. <laughs> yes, you should. Yes. <laughs> and no. she doesn't do it.
2: Because once again, we run up into this thing where for some reason, Jim and the holograms do not trust the popo. And so they're like, no, no, we'll get them at right. the battle of the bands. It's like, no, 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 you don't have to have a battle of the bands with them. If you send them to jail.
0: Yeah, that must be it,
2: but they really want to beat them in this battle of the bands with their twilight
0: Paris. And, and so Jerrica slash Jem um, almost gets thrown overboard, uh, and Rio manages to save her, of course. And, um, I guess he kind of feels conflicted because they kiss and he's like, no, I can't, I can't do this to Jericha. And she's like, but Rio. And, and it's almost as if she's actually going to say her true identity, but then they get interrupted.
2: Right. Ugh. <laughs> it's just this, <laughs> this thing, this thing with Rio and Jerica and whatever. It's just, it's so painful because Rio is trying to be the good guy here. He's not trying to mess with his relationship with Jericha. Jerica is being terrible, throwing herself at him as Jim, and not telling him why. She's just a terrible person.
0: Right. But I mean, it's not like his lips accidentally collided with her. It's like, whoops, how did that happen?
1: And stayed for (laughs) several seconds.
0: Yeah. It's like, how did my tongue get in your mouth?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there is that. But at the same time, though, it was because she was just flirting with him. She was just throwing herself at him. Right. if she hadn't been floating and throwing herself at him, that that kiss wouldn't have happened. I feel really
0: sorry for Rio. Yeah, yeah I, I, I do a smidge.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I'm I'm conflicted because on the one hand, you know, he has agency, I assume, and the ability to actually say no and stop things, but on the other hand, she's she's like, she's super manipulative, you know. She is a bit,
0: yeah.
2: But also even when he tries to take himself out of the situation, see, this is the thing that I think a lot of people either don't remember or, or they overlook, but he tries to remove himself from the situation. He tries to say, I can't be around Jem because she keeps throwing herself at me. And Jerika is like, no, 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 you have to totally go be around Jem. She needs you. She needs you. We all need you, Rio. So I, yeah. I mean, even though Rio does have agency, he can't say no. He tries to remove himself from the situation, and Jerrica makes him go back. Yeah, yeah, that's true. She's just so manipulative and terrible. I feel bad for him, but it's okay because then he's in a relationship with two ladies,
0: right? Yeah, fun, fun, fun. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Poor Rio,
0: at least they get a music video out of this. This is you know, and in and in Paris too
2: yes what is oh, but i, go I ahead, do want to mention one thing before we we get to the music videos we you know i'm sure you guys talked about this last week but this whole thing about how anthony and Shayna get together it's just so like uh, wait, what
0: <laughs> i actually i was looking forward to you chiming in on this because i had some thought <laughs> thoughts about that <laughs> last <I> just, week
2: <laughs> like i just have this thing where i'm like like yes Shayna should get together with this guy because he's you know, rich and and hot and whatever. But literally, Jem is like, "Shaina, you go talk to him. You're black. He's black. Right. You'll be
0: black together." And I'm like, "Yeah, oh, <laughs> it's <a> match <laughs> made in heaven, right?" Right. And it's
2: just like, and they just get together. It's like it's just automatic. They're together because they're the two black people. And I'm like, ah, oh, the holograms do better. Like, please, something. Yeah.
1: No. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's it it it's bothersome. It's yes. very bothersome.
2: But at the very least, Anthony's a very competent music director, music video director, as we see when we get to Paris.
0: Right, exactly. Well, I feel like the I mean this is kind of a you know ongoing issue in the show, but like I feel like they're coming from a good place. Um mm-hmm. but you know, obviously now thirty years later, this is kind of it's not the best way to deal with those characters and their relationships. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely problematic for sure. Yeah. And so after, um, after they find out that they're going to shoot a music video in Paris, it cuts to a scene with oh. Ashley. Hang on, um, hang on, hang on.
1: Just a second. Sorry to interrupt. But yeah, go ahead. Um, back on the boat before they decide to go to Paris and everything, the guy who's like judging the contest between Jim and the Misfits is like, mm-hmm. I'll lend you a jet. So, you can go to Paris, and I was like
2: is yeah there that's no, how it
1: like, yeah, is there no like conflict of interest going through your head at all, or any kind of yeah, like clause in a contract no or?
0: i I agree it seems a bit I mean at the very least it to me it's unfair um you know the the first time that there was like that the incident with the house um getting burnt down, and he's like, well, okay, temporarily." You know, I'll let you stay at this mansion because you have nowhere else to go. But that it just seems a bit like favorite, favoritism. Yeah, on well, his part, like they don't, they don't need to be flown to Paris on his on his private jet. Like I'm sure they have their own way of getting there.
2: Or well, it, but the the rules of this contest are very ill defined. Like for one thing, you know, even after the whole incident where you know the misfits nearly bulldoze over small children. And and they don't get called the cops. Nobody calls the cops. Howard Sanders is like, well, but if they still win the ballot of the bands, they get the thing. And I'm like, but Howard, it's your house. And you get to decide. It. And you made up this contest out of thin air. You were literally standing in bushes before <laughs> you announced this contest. You can do what you want why don't you just say they can have the house? So this like, there don't seem to be any real rules around this contest. So it totally makes sense for him to just be like, I'll fly you there in my jet because <laughs> reason why not. <laughs>
1: right.
0: Yeah. It... <laughs> oh man. This contest
2: is just so rigged.
0: <laughs> it, it does seem kind of seem like that. I can't I, I do understand why the Misfits are pissed off. Maybe not initially, but I'm starting to see why they're they're getting really annoyed with the whole situation. But they're horrible I'm, people. I know. I'm I'm not <laughs> condoning their behavior, absolutely not. Uh, but I can understand why they might be a little upset about how he's kind of you know, how Howard Sands is treating Jim and the holograms. Right. And yeah. kind of just ignoring the Misfits. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, so we, uh, so Ashley's back again with the whole money jar situation. So she's trying to come up with $30. And, uh, of course, nobody really believes her at first. And she pulls out the $30 and they ask her, you know, where'd you get this money? And she's like, it doesn't matter. And they're like, well, you know, where you got the money from is, you know, it's just as important as paying it back. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't get that. And she gets super defensive and she's like, y- All of you hate me. I-, I don't need any of you. And it's just like, Whoa, overreacting much.
1: She's hormonal, it's, though. She's a preteen and.
0: It's very much a reaction that a young girl would probably have. For yeah, or sure.
1: just, just a young kid, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
2: But the, the other orphans are being a bit high and mighty, I have to say. You know, the whole. Because they didn't tell her. That, uh, you know, it was just as important how she earned the money. I mean, we know that there's reason to be suspect, but they don't really know that. Yeah. And I kind of feel like the orphans are overly mean to Ashley at this point, especially since she ran into a burning building to save this honor jar. Right.
1: Sure. Well, it's... I- it,
0: yeah, I mean, it seems like something... Uh, the comment that the other foster kid made seems like something Jem or Jerrica would actually say, like more of a position from an adult, but that part's a little unrealistic i think
1: yeah when we keep talking about like the educational you know like how gi joe had to have the little three minute thing at the end where it was like don't talk to strangers or you know take candy from bad people or whatever and this kind of felt like the gym equivalent of one of those little teachable moments for children where it Mm -hmm. was like you know maybe you shouldn't earn money and questionable ways and we'll just throw that in because you know i don't even know why but it kind of felt like yeah. that it felt no out it's of place
0: it did felt it, did, it felt very forced they were trying to i mean reinforce the fact that you know you shouldn't you know you should be transparent about where you get your money from and stuff like that so that much to me seemed very obvious in that scene yeah So um yeah, and so Ashley storms off and we'll we'll come back to where she's at a little bit later, but um we see Jem and the Misfits each rec- um recording and rehearsing um their songs for their upcoming album. And um <laughs> poor Eric Raymond, he's not having a very good time with the Misfits here.
1: Well you know a guy who lean bezel so much.
0: <laughs> exactly. So, um he hires Zipper to sabotage the music video um production in Paris and he basically says to him, you know, do whatever you can to to sabotage it. Now, when he says this, I I really don't feel that Eric meant that he should do something that could possibly kill them Um, because what ends up happening is they film they film the video and at the end of the video you see zipper pushing a gargoyle off the top of a high rise i mean if that lands on you you're 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 pretty much dead right there's no way you're going to survive that so he clearly had the intention of killing them I don't know. Do you guys really felt that Eric really wanted to have murder on his hands? Because I don't feel like that's the case.
2: Well, on the one hand, he knows that Zipper burned the house down. So Zipper clearly doesn't have that many scruples. Yeah. You know, and I kind of feel like just sort of telling Zipper, stop it any way you can, is just, you know, him giving a blank check. Like maybe he isn't specifically thinking of murder, but at the same time, he didn't say, don't murder anybody. Yeah, he
0: maybe should have been a little more explicit, <laughs> right? And it's you know
2: this is this is sort of a theme that runs throughout this entire show. Like Zipper is forever actually like straight up almost killing people. Like there's that episode in Hawaii where you know he puts Kimmer in a volcano or some crap. Like just
0: well, I mean it's not his fault. He's a he's a hired thug, right? And he's got. He's I mean thug. he's. I mean he has no sense of morality at, at, at all, right? He's just he wants to be paid for whatever job. You want him to do, and he'll right. do it, right?
2: But it's interesting that, like, I mean, I feel like Eric didn't give him enough money for him to actually kill people, but he's really willing to kill people. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, Maybe. well, I mean, we've talked about this before. Like, a couple hundred thousand dollars. I don't know. Even in the eighties, that just seems like not right. a lot, not a lot of money.
2: Not enough.
0: A couple Thanks. million at least, right?
2: One day, I want to read Zipper's backstory. Like, what makes him just so willing to kill people, just because? You know, people are like, hey, go take care of that person. And he, like, goes straight to murder. I just want to know what's in his background that makes him do that.
1: No, no, I kind of feel like, you know, Eric knows what he's getting into. Like, you know, like you said, Tempest, he he's already blown up a building and started a fire. So, you know, I I kind of think, I I don't think that Eric cares. I mean, he's embezzling money from a company he's half owner of, you know, like,
0: Eh? He's not a nice guy. I'm not saying no, that, no, no, but,
1: <laughs> definitely but, not.
0: But murder, I just feel like that's maybe one step over the line that he wouldn't want to cross. Like he wants to. He wants the things that he wants to get. I don't. I really don't feel like murder is the way to get them for him. Yeah. You know he he wants to clearly. I mean, the whole reason why he hires people to do his dirty work. He he wants his hands clean. But the I mean. He strikes me as an intelligent enough person to realize that if you hire someone to commit murder, the chances of that going wrong and, you know, the unless you're absolutely meticulous to hide evidence and, you know, cover your tracks, the the risk goes way up of you getting found out. Right. And and, and Zipper certainly Zipper is not is certainly not the most competent thug and certainly i don't think smart enough to pull off murder without really getting caught Mm -hmm. and considering the amount of money that he's getting paid if he does get caught he's uh, he is definitely going to testify and say it was all eric raymond right oh yeah
2: oh totally He's saw eric raymond in a heartbeat which is again why it's like so weird that he just thinks that like pushing gargoyles off of buildings and where are the paris police in that do gargoyles just like leap off of buildings all the time in exactly. Paris exactly I, w- so I was, like, was, sitting,
1: eh. there- <laughs> I was eh, sitting
0: there I was sitting there watching
1: well. it and I was like that's been on that building for like at least a hundred years I'm assuming and you can just push it over with no difficulty It, it, I don't know it seems a little bit weird yeah
0: yeah the part's a little unrealistic um. So, who who do you think would publish Zipper's book? Memoirs of a Memoirs of a hired goon. <laughs>
1: um, by incompetent hired goon. So right. you
0: probably have to self-publish.
1: No, no, no. Lulu. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like <laughs> Random
2: House would totally pick that up.
0: Yeah. Or Penguin. Yeah, I guess. So, um. During the production of the whole music video for Twilight in Paris, which is the first musical number of this episode, um, we start to see um, some ill will coming from Kimber's direction. Uh, she's not too happy that Jim seems to be the the star of the band, which... It's surprising to me because I, I figured she knew what she was getting into. I mean, she writes all the music for the band and cl- clearly the singer, I mean, the singer tends to be in the limelight for the most part, right? In in any band, right? Mm-hmm. So I can kind of understand her feelings and it doesn't really help that Rio's, not only Rio, but the rest of the holograms are kind of just... um. They're brushing off her feelings, like "Oh, you're just overreacting, and don't feel that way." Especially Rio, when he chases after Kimber, um, I, I feel like he crosses a- the line a little bit, and in- just in terms of personal space and grabbing her arm and manhandling her, I, I think that's kind of weird. It's not something I would do to someone.
1: Maybe he's trying to take on the role of like older sibling
0: or well he's kind. like you know you're you're acting like a brat but i i, I don't feel like it's his place to to say that no. I, mean, I know i know she's younger than everybody else but it's still uh it's kind of inappropriate to just grab her like that well, i don't know just dismissing somebody's feelings like that's kind of shitty thing to do
2: it is i hope but i i get the sense of what they were trying to do is they were trying at some point were trying to build sort of build in the backstory of the relationship between all of these characters, because I think Kimber even says it like, don't play big brother with me. And you know, he's, it, it's an indication that he's been around long enough. That,
0: that's very true. That, that And that that's explained later him. on. Yeah. In one of the episodes. Um, yeah. They, I mean, they've all known each other since they were kids. Right.
2: Yeah. So I, I get that because you know him grabbing her like that, him saying that. I mean, it just shows a level of familiarity. You know, he's not not just some dude off the street who happened to be dating Jerica. Um, but it is really out of line for him to call her a brat because shut up, you kick plants.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to to someone just watching this episode for the first time without knowing sort of the relationship that Rio has with not just Jerica but. The rest of the band, um, you know, I can I can see why somebody would would kind of really come to that conclusion that he's yeah, he's kind of a big jerk and inappropriate. But you're but you're right. Yeah, uh, Knowing the backstory of his relationship with everybody, you can kind of excuse it a little bit.
2: But still, poor Kimber, she feels so alone and.
0: Well, I mean, she's got. She, she's she got a fairly big burden on her shoulders because she's responsible for writing the, the, both the music and the lyrics for all of the songs. Right. So, I mean, yes, the fact that Jem sings the songs is important, but I mean, if the songs are not well written and put together, the songs are not going to be successful. So a lot of the, um, a lot of the success of the band, I think comes from her writing the music. So she's very important. And I feel like they're not really treating her really appropriately considering what she actually contributes to the group.
1: Yeah. I think songwriters kind of get a bad, you know, they get the short end of the stick in general, just like in real life too, though, you know, most, most artists don't write all of their own songs or any of their own songs.
0: It's true for um, definitely for pop uh, artists. Definitely. A lot of them don't write their own music, but I think it's it's a little different when if you're, if you're one of those people that just write songs and sells them, um, it's a little bit different than being in the band and actually performing and being part of this group and, and actually writing the songs at the same time, because you would, I don't know, I would feel at least it, that, you know, I would kind of want that celebrity that goes along with being in that band as well. So if, if, if the singer in the band is getting all the intention and getting invited to all the press conferences and um, random media events, um, you know, ex- and excludes the rest of the band, that would kind of make me feel left out. Like I'm not important enough clearly um to be featured and we'll see that a little bit later on in this episode but we should probably talk about uh the twilight in paris music video and song so as a song um how do you both feel about it
2: this is one of my favorite gem songs actually i i've committed the song to memory i hum it sometimes whenever somebody mentions paris i just start singing the song because it's my paris song i actually
0: really love it yeah, it's good. it's got a good hook to it, for sure. Hmm.
1: I was just happy that the music video actually made sense for once.
0: Well, that's true too. <laughs> well, more sense than most videos, for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only
2: thing is, and of course, this is just because it's a you know a cartoon. But I'm always just like, are there no male actors? Why is real always in these videos? <laughs> I mean, of course, it makes sense, like in the concept of what's going on here. But I'm just like. Really? Why is the stagehand playing the romantic lead in this video? Are they that poor that he flew to Paris?
1: He, he's just that handsome.
0: He's just that well, handsome. you know, and, and and it's funny because uh, um, the fact that he is, you know, having these intimate moments on screen with Jem, you would think like, would he feel bad about that? Like yes he's there have been instances where he's made out with Jem and then felt bad that oh you know i can't I can't do that because i don't wanna I don't wanna break Jericha's heart, but then again she Jerica must be seeing these music videos with him and i mean she knows she's the same person she knows she's doing these videos with Rio, so I would think that that she would have something to say about that about his behavior, yeah. Well, that kind of complicates things, but nope.
2: <laughs> he just stomps off. And she's like, oh, well, okay, he can stomp off, I guess.
0: You know, it's interesting. Speaking of the music videos, I, uh, I just got uh, around to watching the special features on the Gem DVD box set and they were interviewing the guy that did all the, the production, um, of the, of the songs and stuff like that. And they were talking about how uh, clearly at the time, because MTV was a new thing and it was huge and music videos in general, uh, were such a new thing. They really want to, wanted to model the the, the look of the videos after some of the stuff that people were seeing on TV. So hence why a lot of them look like, you know, LSD trips, <laughs> Um, but they, they, I, I actually really liked that. I thought that, you know, that, that whole thing with the way they, pr- they produce these, um, they put a lot of attention to detail in the individual music videos. I I looked at some of the individual storyboards for the music videos and I was kind of blown away. Um, it's, it's real. you have more appreciation for it when you see how they're actually like frame by frame working out the whole video. I mean, that is a lot of work for a kid's cartoon. So yeah. hats off to them for that.
1: But they put all that. Go ahead. I was gonna say that they put all that work into it, and then they went with like this really not that great animation studio to actually create what people saw.
2: Which is yes and no because it depends on um, it's it's always the same animation studio, but it depends on the group that did it. Um, I listened to the commentary um, on the the first DVD set that was put out by, I think, Rhino. Um, so it's not the current one, but there was commentary on that where Christy Marks and one of the writers talked about how there were like three teams of animators from the studio. And so like the A team was like the best animators. So all the episodes that actually look really good where the animation is more refined and whatnot, that's the A team. But all the ones where... Um, the animation like the the lines are a little bit too thick and like you know everything's kind of janky and things are animated well that's the b and and possibly c teams animating so it was like the animation studio itself was a good studio but like it seemed to be like luck of the draw like which team they got because like team a was working on an episode but they had another episode to produce then team b got that episode and and I think, like the writer said, they never told them who was going to animate their episode. It was So you just got lucky if your episode was animated by the better team, which I found very interesting. Um, and I guess, you know, it all had to do with money.
0: Certainly. I mean, the animation's all over the place. And, and at least up to the current episode, I've, I've noticed a lot of flaws um, just in color correction and like things like where like a character's hand or face will be a different color tone than the rest of their body. And it's like, and it's not just like it, it's longer than a second. So it's more than a frame. Um, Noticeably bad that to me, like if I was part of that studio, I wouldn't have shipped that in that state. Um, So I don't know what the reasoning is for not correcting it. I just assume it was just like a time and budget thing. Um, Things have come a long way in the, like weekly kids cartoon um, production area, because you look at cartoons like my little pony that it has like astounding production values, like way better than anything obviously that they did with, with jam. And um, and actually I know people that are animators on that show. So I, I know the, um, uh, the, the production person that's kind of in, charge of the whole team and he's like super strict about the stuff that they end up producing and they have like weekly quotas that they have to meet um but there's certain things that they will not ship so um yeah i I just feel like the the stuff the animation is certainly all over the place and, and it gets better on some of the later episodes as well but it's really noticeable especially on this video and one one issue that is kind of an ongoing thing thing for kimber is have you noticed that her hair turns pink often?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes it, they're not really consistent about exactly how long their hair is or what's going on with, like, how much is in their face or not. But I've noticed a lot of that, too. I mean, the the best thing I can say, actually, about the Twilight in Paris thing is that that's one of the few ones that looks like a video that actually would be a video. Yeah, absolutely. You see on MTV. Like, as you said, it's very well storyboarded. And, you know, some of the videos... Yeah, you know, since you know, they occur like in the middle of the story, like there'd just be things in the video, like the Misfits would never be actually in a Gem in the Holograms video in real life, but like sometimes in episodes they are. But like Twilight in Paris looks literally like yes, that is a video that I would see on MTV if that band really existed.
0: Yeah, so overall a pretty good uh pretty good music video. And a good song.
2: Going back to the animation thing, you know probably since we're still in like the you know opening movie thing they they may not have spent like a lot of money actually to get the a <laughs> the team of animators from Korea to do it's this true. particular movie, but they did it later but but the, I believe that they did go with the animation studio from Korea, but one of the things I find really interesting is that around the same time, although a little bit earlier, you have he man and Shira and he Man, and Ashiro were both animated in America and the producer, the executive producer on those shows was like very, he very much wanted to keep the the actual animation in America, but, which meant like all these interesting um, ways of, you know, saving money and time and whatnot with the animation. So a lot of close up shots. Of people's heads where only the lips moved uh-huh. only, yeah like, and it made the lips move and
0: a, a lot of reuse too on those shows a lot of,
2: yeah a lot of reuse and yeah. so you know it's it's like it's a gem's
0: definitely act. better definitely it's noticeably better for sure
2: exactly he, and he has a right? balancing act where you're like do we go with the you know overseas or do we keep it in america and we have these cuts and so yeah it's it's really interesting to hear them talk about it. if you ever listen to the the um commentary talking about, you know, the different challenges in animation, um, because of, yeah, I'm going to have like to
0: that. listen to the the commentary. And actually I just got, I got the current box set, which is done by shout factor, but I haven't, I haven't checked to see if there's a commentary track either of you know, if there is one, I
2: haven't listened to it. I listened, um, yeah, just to the ones, the rhino ones, but not the shout factory ones.
0: Right. Right. You know, and also just kind of staying on the, the topic of animation, um, I'm really surprised that they're that they haven't remastered this on Blu-ray yet because this show really needs it.
2: <laughs>
1: That's true. I um, think they might, because, depending upon how well the movie does.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it's possible, but uh, you know, we'll I'll have to see. Uh, you know, as as we get on into the later episodes, but at least so far and up to episode three, I've noticed not just like color issues that they could they might be able to correct in a remaster, but things like. Um, Like gritty, dirty stuff, like on the actual film,
1: Mm -hmm. Um, you can see Mm -hmm. like dots
0: on the screen and like the occasional like just black line showing up in the middle for no reason, stuff like that that might not have been as noticeable back in 1984 on a tube TV when they you know the quality of the video that was getting broadcast was way way lower Um, and you couldn't really catch all that stuff. But at least on the Shout Factory DVDs, and for some reason the the video on the shout factory dvd seems to be a little bit better than the version that netflix got and i don't know why at least the, the colors look a little bit more vibrant
1: yeah i don't know why either yeah, i didn't catch it on netflix in time so i'm just going off of the um individual dvds i got for each of the seasons and it, yeah it's not it's not that great
0: yeah, and actually speaking of Netflix, it's not gonna be on there for very much longer. They already removed season one and apparently the license is expiring soon, so season two and three is probably gonna go away within the next thirty days.
2: That's really disappointing because I don't want to have to carry my DVDs around with me. True.
0: Yeah, I mean I I bought the box set mainly for the special features and I just wanted to have this, you know, just from a collector's standpoint to have it. But um, you know, I'd prefer to watch it digitally because this is way easier. You go episode by episode. Um, obviously it's much better than having to deal with the discs. Um, swapping discs. That's no fun. I guess but, I'll go uh, back to
2: watching it on YouTube.
0: <laughs> Alright, so uh, so let's move on. So We're back to Ashley again and so at, we see her going to talk to the Misfits because she's fed up with the foster kids and just Gem and the Holograms in general, and uh, she's pretty brave. She she ends up uh, going to a club, and you see this this big bouncer dude and just doesn't want to let her in. And eventually, the Misfits come to the door, and uh, you know, and basically say, uh, you know, I, yeah, I I bet uh, I bet Gem and the Holograms didn't didn't treat you well. They're you know they're jerks. So we take care. Of, the Misfits take care of our own. You're now an honorary Misfit.
1: Hmm. I love, a misfit never asks, a misfit takes, and they grab glasses of milk. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yes, because that's what they would be serving in a bar, like a a punk bar.
1: Right. (laughs) It's milk. Milk. Just trays of milk.
0: Yeah, well, you would if you're Adam West Batman. (laughs) Very true. Bartender, I'll have a glass of milk. (laughs) Straight up. Straight, yeah, exactly, straight up. But uh, yeah, Pizzazz is uh, really, really showing that she's not a nice person. Uh, kicking the chair from under the guy that was sitting at the table and then brandishing her fist at him. And he just runs away in fear. Which I don't blame him because she's kind of tough.
1: Break like, guitar over your head. But not
0: not good role models for Ashley. <laughs> she's a very impressionable child.
2: Well, yes. But Ashley... You know, I, I feel like she needed she needs to have that time where she's just with people who are like, yeah, we're tough and strong and we're not taking anything from anybody because, you know, sure enough, Jim, the holograms are totally letting them be run over by bulldozers and not calling the cop. So.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: And sometimes I'm like, yeah, I want to be strong and I want to take and I don't want to say please or thank you. I want to be a misfit.
1: That's been my entire day today. I've just been <laughs> all about me, man.
0: And uh, so when the holograms come back to the United States, they found out that the Misfits have plastered their posters all over the place. Looks like they've been pretty busy.
2: Where did the Misfits have time for this
0: since they don't, I don't know. Like do any work? In exactly.
2: The did I they mean- get
0: Ashley to maybe put the posters up or do do they have like their own they must have their own like hired goons or something
1: (laughs) i'm picturing like the brute squad from the princess bride going around the streets and just plastering all of these posters (laughs) up everywhere right
2: also did they ever establish like what city this is i mean i think it's supposed to be la but it just seems like how is it that the Misfits can just put all this stuff everywhere and there are no other
0: That's a good bands? question?
2: There are no other like there's no other anybody trying to like get some attention except for Jem and the Misfits. Like yeah. come on. Even the Limp Lizards have an album. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so I I love this um the second musical number, Getting Down to Business, which again, for me, this is a really catchy song. And mm-hmm. it's one of the songs that um Tends to stay stuck in my mind uh, from all the other songs in their their repertoire. Um, it's, it's overall, it's a, I think it's a pretty good music video. And again, like Twilight in Paris, it's a fairly subdued music video. It's not as crazy as some of the later ones. Was we'll he? Yeah.
2: yeah
1: and again, it made sense.
2: Yes, yeah, and I really love this song. It is very catchy. You're right. And when they use it again, many episodes later, I'm like, yes. Get back.
0: Get that business is back. Yeah, I'm always a fan of hearing those songs again. I wasn't such a fan of the fact that they re- they reused a lot of the songs. And apparently not because they were lazy or didn't want to create new songs, but apparently Hasbro was hell-bent on reusing them, so they had to somehow make it work. Oh, Hasbro. Um, yeah, they actually talked about this on the special features, how they they didn't overtly say that it was annoying, but the, it it clearly bothered them that they had to reuse these songs but create these new automatics for them and still kind of make make them fit into the episode because it wasn't like their their intention was never to create these standalone musical numbers um, without somehow tying one aspect of the music video to the overall plot in the story which I think makes sense Yes. But certainly difficult more difficult to do when the song in the music video that's being reused is a song that was originally designed for the plot of a different episode entirely, right?
2: Yeah, like sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sometimes you're like, that was stupid. Why did you reuse that song instead of just doing another one? When they reused Getting Down to Business, it actually made a lot of sense because it was ironically, it was in the band's breakup, the next episode where Kimber's like, You guys are mean and terrible. I'm I'm running away from you. And it really does fit where they put it in that episode, so at least that's good. But that's not always the case.
0: Yeah, and uh, and we see Kimber going straight to Eric Raymond, who of course uh, decides it's a perfect opportunity to prey upon her uh, insecurities and in her the fact that she's upset and doesn't you know she's feeling left out of the the holograms. And there's kind of a creepy moment where he grabs her face while he's propositioning her and she doesn't do anything about it but i was like oh that's made me feel a little uncomfortable in that moment yeah, yeah he's I mean, just
2: creepy bad touches. he is he's a, he's <laughs> a bad touch, creepy dude it's just it's not okay and it's and it, like he's almost he's not almost he's hitting on her And it's like, dude, Eric Raymond, I don't know how old you are, but you're too old for her.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, he's offering her a record contract, and I can understand why she would find it enticing. But don't you think at this point, by episode three, considering we know, well, at least the the audience and both the holograms know that Eric Raymond is behind all these different um, sabotaging events. So, why Why would she fall for that?
1: Well, that brings up a good question. How much time has passed in this universe in these three episodes? Has it been a couple of weeks, a couple of months? um Because that could inform you know the answer to that question. I feel like it's a couple of
0: weeks That's what I thought. yeah, I me was, too. as well
1: I also feel that
2: basically they're painting Kimber as being very naive and easily swayed I th- you know because like she is so young and and i can't remember like what age canonically she's supposed to be but i think it's she's supposed to be like 17 or some
0: crazy 17 place. or 18 something like yeah. that but,
1: mm-hmm. i think that in the comics she's 19 mhm i want to say she's
0: i'm pretty sure she's younger in the original s- okay. series yeah. Okay. yeah they they changed something in the comics
2: yeah but it's it's Interesting that yeah she's she almost falls for this or or sh- at least she gets swayed by this, but part of it seems to be a function of how young she is, that like you know some dude can just touch her face and be like, "'I can make you a star, just like,
1: Can I make me a star' and he's also telling her what she wants to hear, right? She wants to be told that she's special and she's talented and, and all these things that she's not necessarily getting from Jerrica and the band. And, and, you know, that's a powerful thing that a lot of people fall into. You know, Lord knows I have at some points in my life where it's been like, You're telling me what I want to hear. And I don't, I don't want to see how you really are. You know, I just, I just want to listen to your pretty little words about me.
0: Yeah. Right well and the way the way eric raymond when he's you know proposing that he he'll give her a record deal too the way he actually says it comes across as sleazy as well Mm -hmm. so it just seems like come on come on kimber like this guy is clearly creepy he's not just saying oh i'll give you a record he's like i'll give you a record contract (laughs) it's like come on now He's really gross. It's true. Everything <laughs> yeah. is just not
2: okay on several different levels.
0: And and they made sure to to you know emphasize his incredibly arched eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's gotta pluck those things. He plucks he plucks, totally he plucks or, or waxes those things to get them, that perfect arch. perfect evil arch. The evil arch. Eyebrow of Eric Raymond. I think actually that should be the cover of an upcoming Misfits album. Just like a super like macro close up of of his arched eyebrows. <laughs> the Mastermind. So it should be called the Mastermind. Mastermind. That would be an awesome title for the album. <laughs> I'm getting pumped. <laughs> pumped about a n about a fictional band. Ugh So anyways, Kimber um not too happy about the whole situation ends up going back to Starlight House, and we see Jem gets a call from... (sighs) I'm going to have such a hard time saying her name because it's so ridiculous. Lynn Z, L-I-N-Z, get it? Lynn Z? Uh, So anyway, she invites Jem to her talk show, but just Jem and not the holograms. Now, the the rest of the holograms don't seem too upset by that, but Kimber really doesn't um seem too happy about this
1: yeah
0: and she kind of has a little bit of a a tantrum and she's like you you know find some other flunky to to pluck keys for the band i'm going solo and storms out slams the door and hops into the rock and roadster making sure to turn i love how they like do a close-up and show her turning up the the volume on the radio before she stomps on the gas and takes (laughs) off.
2: Because that's what you would do, right? You'd turn up yeah, gotta have some tunes for yeah. when you're stomping away from your
0: friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Actually, have you uh, have either of you noticed that the color of the Rock and Roadster changes from the the pilot episode? Because in the pilot, I think it was I believe it was gold and green, and now it's white and gold.
2: Yeah, it does seem to go through some um, some difficulties in keeping its color. But it always it, keeps that little thing on top. that says "Gem" for so mysterious reason. <laughs>
0: I can understand why they changed the color because I think uh, the green is too much of a misfits color. Like Pizzazz wears a lot of green.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was so thinking I about that. the irony of Kimber, you know, driving off in a huff in in this car that has a little hood ornament that says "Gem" on it. Right. I was like, that's <laughs> that's nice. Yeah,
0: yeah. You would think she has her own car or something. No,
2: none of them have their own cars because it's just like Rio's van, and that's it. Which, once again, is very confusing because they are living in a sort of a L.A. How do you get around? There's four of you, and there's only one car.
0: Yeah, it's w- kind of weird. <laughs> you notice? Uh, did you uh, notice Lindsay's uh, outfit? The blue dress with the, um, the weird. She's got like like the belt that she's wearing she's got like three or four belts all around her it's and they're all gold
1: like the um like the skirts they sell at the renaissance festival i don't know if you guys are into renaissance no, festivals I like i, I am know. but they have you know they're just like kind of gossamer skirts with coins on them so they jingle like for belly dancing type stuff it reminded Ooh. me of one of those
0: well it's very it's certainly very 80s like accessorize
2: accessorize <laughs> <laughs> no matter how many accessories you have, you have to wear them all at once on this one outfit.
1: It was a statement belt.
0: Yeah. Like you, uh, like remember uh, how a lot of people would have, um, like you get like 10 different bracelets and you have them all on one arm. And it yeah. would be all different colors. But I think that was, you know, looking back, of course, a lot of those styles don't age well and they look ridiculous. But at the time it was like, People didn't question it. It's like, why, of course, why wouldn't you mix and match all these colors? Why wouldn't you have leopard print with, you know, bright green and pink colors mixed in?
1: That's coming back in style. What is what was, you know, what is old is new again.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Do you think we're going to start seeing people walk around with like one hiked up, like <laughs> sock, and then nothing on the other on the other leg?
2: Maybe, but if we're going to be bringing back anything from the 80s, I do think we need to bring back like crazy painted faces because I didn't get enough time to like put on
0: eyeshadow the way that Jim puts on eyeshadow.
1: Yeah. And
2: I feel like that needs to come back. So that Well, she doesn't
0: put in. the eyeshadow on it because it's a hologram, right?
2: Well, I mean, but still, I didn't get to wear like my giant eyeshadow coming down below my eye.
0: Right, right. Which, actually, speaking of makeup, this is kind of um, kind of a loophole, because when Kimber gets excited about going on Lindsay's show, she's like, I'm going to need makeup. I'm like, first of all, she's wor- she's got makeup on now, and is that a hologram, or is, that-, is that real makeup? So, what, are you going to put makeup on the fake make uh, on top of them? I don't understand. It do you- uh, doesn't make sense. Nobody
2: animated that scene correctly. But then again, this sometimes happens where, like, people the characters will say something about the way they look or what's going on or like didn't need makeup and you're like but that's not what's going on in the animation or it doesn't make sense basically you know based on what they're saying once again you know uh, hearkening to the band's breakup where at one point all the holograms are criticizing Kimber's makeup and really the only thing that Kimber has done differently with her makeup is like maybe like bring the makeup the, the pink down below her eye. Meanwhile, Shana <laughs> has like orange eyeshadow and she's criticizing Kimber. And I'm like, lady, stop.
1: <laughs> you don't get to do that. No. So let's see, where were we? Oh, Kimber just stormed off.
0: Yeah. In the roadster.
1: In the
2: roadster. And then, and then they call Lindsay and they're like,
0: yeah, we well, they're to trying to find Kimber at this point, right?
2: Right. But they first they call Lindsay and they're like, we have to do it this way. And she's like, well, whatever. You show up and you show up with them. And I'm like, Lindsay, what do you do? What? <laughs> Run your show. Like a real right. show. You already
1: said, yeah.
2: <laughs> Lindsay's not a very professional person, I have to say. <laughs> she does not exude professionality most of the time when she's on the TV or dealing with
0: things. She's just not professional, but she's... Well, just I just thought perfect. it was odd not featuring the whole band. Like, why just get Jim there? That just right. seems yeah. a little strange. Like... Ooh.
2: I feel like it's sort of a no-doubt situation. This happened to no-doubt. I remember and this happened to no-doubt. Yeah, because like, the other band members were like, why is everybody only ever paying attention to Gwen? Like, we're a whole band, but people only care about Gwen. And I just remember at the time when I was reading about the happening, I was like, that's exactly what happened with them in
0: the Holograms. <laughs> you know, it doesn't happen. It doesn't tend to happen as much with rock bands, but definitely like pop stars for sure. Because e- even though there's a band there supporting them, nobody sees the band. It's right. just, you know, it's just like, for example, like Miley Cyrus is a perfect example of this, right? Nobody Nobody thinks about the actual band. In fact, nobody, if you were to ask anybody who was a Miley Cyrus fan, could they name the members of the band? Probably not. Nope. And a lot of times those people are just session musicians, except obviously with the exception of Gem and the Holograms, and the Holograms are not session musicians. They're an integral part of the band. They're all permanent members. So, again, really strange in that kind of situation, I think. Yeah.
2: Once again, Lindsay, just so unprofessional. Yeah.
1: And So then they have to go find Kimber and they don't know how to find her. They don't know where she might go.
0: Yeah.
2: Just driving around, listening to her favorite yeah. music station.
0: Don't they try to go to her favorite radio station or something like that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So they go and they're like, we'll just go to her favorite radio station and the GJ will, will let Jem say something to Kimber. Right. And so that's what they do. Really? Yeah. Just,
2: you won't let Jerrica. He will let Gem. I'm like, yes. he won't let
1: a record executive on the air,
2: but he'll let like some random singer that hasn't put out a full album
1: yet on the air. Uh huh. Okay. Yep. It's the pink he'll- hair.
0: Yeah. You know, I uh, I don't know why I never gave it much thought, but um, you know, Rio doesn't have different outfits. He's always wearing the same outfit all the time and the rest of the the rest of the holograms and all the other characters seem to have quite a variety of outfits. So um yeah, that's that seems kind of strange to me, but I guess the rationale for that is that they, you know, when they they produced the the toys that, you know, Rio just had that exact same kind of iconic khaki jacket, pink shirt outfit, I guess. Well, but-
1: think about I was going to say, think about the audience. You know, they're they're going for young girls who are wanting to put themselves in the shoes of, you know, Jem and the holograms. They don't care so much about Rio. He's just, you know, like there maybe to pretend kiss or whatever, you know, but he's not important. He's arm candy. He's, yes, he's arm candy.
2: And as we all know, men do not change clothes, really, if they can help it. They'll just wear the same thing over and over. I mean, that's the message that I learned from Jem.
1: Yeah. Well, okay. So maybe I shouldn't tell the story, but my husband is a very like low maintenance guy. And, um, for a very long time, he would only buy one shirt style in one color. And so every day he wow. wore blue jeans and a dark gray heathered shirt with a pocket. It had to have a pocket and like for, for like a year and a half. So, <laughs> and this is, this is a true story. I'm not making this up. Um, So I don't know, maybe that's what Rio did. He was like, you know, I'm a manager of an up-and-coming band. I don't need to be spending my time and energy thinking about clothing choices. I'm just going to duplicate everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did the the Steve Jobs move? Yeah. Yeah. I guess that kind of makes sense.
2: Many great men only wear like the one thing. Steve Jobs, Rio Pacheo, Matlock. Matlock had nothing but that same gray suit in his closet. (laughs) For the entire time he was on television, it was like what ten years or something. I don't know. He he wore the same suit every day.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh dear. Well, at (laughs) least the holograms—they desperately want Kimber back, so they make an announcement on the radio station to to have her come home. And she
1: does.
2: It's really easy. It's really simple. This this problem, like it's almost as if it's just they're just cycling through problems.
0: <laughs> yeah. And and Kimber finally realizes that without without her the band isn't hologram. So she's got to come back. Yes.
1: But like speaking of yeah. speaking of where where is this taking place? Like so so jim and the holograms minus one make it all the way to the station they talk to whoever they make an impassioned plea they get on the air they rush home and they still have like 15 minutes before they need to leave for the studio and Lindsay only gave them an hour so i'm like this (laughs) this this place i mean it's got to be like three square miles (laughs) with really tall buildings right and like it's a fast band No right. air traffic in this yeah.
2: LA
0: place. I think Rio's got a tricked out van. It's got like nitrous oxide and that thing just zips across town.
1: Or maybe it's right. like like a hovercraft, you know, like back <laughs> to the future style. They <laughs> right. just show that part where it right. starts to float.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that would that would be cool. <laughs> that could be something in the upcoming Gem music video. Hovercar. Hover car. <laughs> be perfect.
2: Hover how they get from place to place. In, in a town with no traffic,
0: so they got anyway, so they they have to go uh to the show that Lindsay's got, and they've got uh Aline, like you were saying, they've got fifteen minutes, and of course Rio finds that it's the perfect time to tell Jerrica that he can't be Jem's manager anymore,
2: right, it's mm-hmm. like, um dude, like we got stuff to do, but Once again, I feel like I'm really proud of Rio because he tries really hard to take himself out of temptation, you know, and he's trying really hard to be like a faithful boyfriend to his girlfriend. And
0: yeah, and Jericho's pleading that he's irreplaceable, but she gets pulled away before they can really, you know, wrap up that conversation.
2: And it's weird because I I feel like this is this is very important in the way that I conceptualize this relationship between Rio and Jem and Jericho. Because even as a kid I understood that Rio wasn't doing anything bad by being right, with Jem right. and Jericha. Mainly because Jericho sort of forced it on him, really.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
2: you know, in not telling him who she was but still like wanting him to be her boyfriend like no matter what she looked like, no matter who she was pretending to be. Sure. Like,
0: she did that to him. Well, she didn't make the situation easier, that's for sure. I mean, it's, you know, it became pretty complicated, but you know, then again, it I mean, it takes it takes two, right? So, I mean, there's some responsibility on Rio's part. I mean, do you think do you think from the get-go if Rio started to have feelings for Jim if he just straight out went to Jerrica and said look um you know I can't I can't be your band manager because I'm starting to get close to Jim and I I think I'm having feelings for her and you know so like like what do you do you think Jericho might have just been like at that point oh well guess what I'm actually Jim hmm
1: maybe
2: I don't know. It's the way that they set it up. Well, I mean, the way they set it up, they don't really explain why Jericho doesn't tell him that she's Jem anyway. I mean, like, it, none of that makes sense. But I feel like even if he said, you know, oh, but I'm starting to have feelings for Jem, if she was committed to not telling him that at that point, she probably still wouldn't have told him. But it, but it's interesting that they do skirt that. That he doesn't really just come right and say, "But I'm kind of falling for her," or whatever, to to bring the urgency of the situation to Jerica's attention, because he still thinks these are t- these are two separate women.
1: So, well, yeah, Jerica is extremely insecure. And oh yeah, for sure. Not <laughs> not very mature. And so maybe he knows like if I say this then you know then all hell's going to break loose and and I'm going to be in trouble you know and so he's just like trying to avoid it because he knows that Jerrica is so sensitive and not open to hearing that he might like be somewhat attracted to someone else.
0: Mhm. Yeah, I I could see that. Yeah. So uh we're now at the third musical act. Um so they get to Lindsay's studio and we get to see I've got my eye on you. Uh, what do you guys think about the song? Mm. It's
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um see, I don't know, I've never really liked this song that much. And but it's interesting like given where the placement is, because it's like, you know, right after Rio has just tried to be like, no, 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 I have to get away from this woman. And now she's like, but now I'm looking at you. I'm coming for you. Like it's once again, it's like, it's Jericho being really manipulative. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. See, I find like, definitely, I think I like, um, Twilight in Paris better. And the, what was the name of the previous song? Getting down to business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so. The one thing that I really like in this song is not specifically the lyrics, but uh, the bass line is, uh, is really thumpy and catchy. That's and right. the ho- and the horn section um, during the chorus is incredibly catchy. And those specific aspects I really, really like. Um, but definitely I think the previous two songs overall I like better. Um, I think my favorite part of this music video, though, is that ridiculous um, section where we see a giant poster of Jem's face and suddenly the poster winks and then Jem just bursts through it like the Kool-Aid man. (laughs) It's like, whoa.
2: Once again, we've moved back
0: into like trippiness with these videos. Mm -hmm. It's like, did that, was that part of the video? It must have been because like the poster's freaking winking at me.
1: It's like the, like, I don't know, like, early 2000s talk shows where they do, like, makeovers on people. And then at at the end, the reveal was, like, the people now made over bursting out of posters of their, you know, previous selves. Very odd.
0: (laughs) And the Misfits are in, well, I don't think they're so much in the video but we do see we do see them for a moment like they they actually notice that they're like oh they're watching the music video and so by the end of the video um they're on their way to the studio because they're like they're really pissed off at this point that that gem and the holograms are getting this opportunity that they clearly feel they should have yeah but uh, but what what other, what other aspects of the music video do you like or don't like
1: I don't really have much of an opinion beyond kind of that manipulation of Rio it was just
0: he seems to be again once again very much the center of the video
1: yeah Mm -hmm. and isn't
2: there this weird moment where the countess is also kind of in this video and, and looking at him expectantly or am I remembering a different video
0: I don't remember that part
2: I I'm, I'm I think I'm thinking right. about the video.
0: But. You know I I, th- I think overall I think this video is a little more forgettable than yeah. the, than the last two that we saw. Yeah. Yeah. And actually uh, the the near the end we see Gemin. Gemin Rio and like just this giant like massive life-sized uh, musical notes moving across the screen, and Rio's like spinning really fast, like 360 degrees. This is craziness. It's like Rio's life is out of control. It is. Out it of
2: really control. is, yeah. But then the Misfits show up, and everything is better
0: because. The mis- well, I don't know about that. <laughs> so the Misfits show up to Lindsay's show. Well, at first, they're. They're not able to get in, and so they coerce Ashley to go up to the to the security <laughs> guys blocking the door, and she kicks him in the shins, and he's like, "Oh, you brat!" and Chase starts chasing her. I was like, "Wow, that was pretty easy." Yeah,
2: like, yeah. How distractable are you, security guy? I don't know if I would hire you.
0: <laughs> no kidding you think he would have had like a walkie-talkie and you know had that situation happened he would have just you know called the other security guards like look we, I've got a problem here can you take this kid and escort her out of the building because he can't just leave his post right so he's kind of not a very good security guard I was going to say obviously yeah.
1: he can cause- <laughs> <laughs> because he did, he just Cause he totally did. Like, you know nobody's trying to
2: get up here and see these celebrities or anything like that
0: yeah so the misfits end up barging in as the uh, as the talk show is live, and uh, of course rudely kind of to sit in the middle, you know, between the holograms, um, and just kind of take over the whole show. Uh, of course, Lindsay won't have it, and she gets tries to get the security guards to escort the misfits out, and uh, Rio goes after uh, goes after Pizzazz. She's actually trying to, she's trying to convince Rio to, you know, why, why don't you just come with me? You know, you don't need, you don't need Jim. And uh, she gets really pissed off on the way out. She ends up slapping uh, Lindsay on the face.
2: Yes. And I, you know, this is really interesting because I, I feel like these first few episodes, there was a lot of physical violence against people that you don't actually see. There is episodes like, you know. Just why you would slap Lindsay in the face. I just don't know. And the look that Lindsay gives the camera, she's like, this woman. Um, but then also there's there's another moment, like two episodes later, like once, you know, they've they've gone through everything or whatever, and then they find Eric Raymond in Starlight Music, like taking stuff away, where Eric Raymond actually smacks Jerica. And I was like, what is up with this weird, like all this physical violence against people, like like literally like smacking people in the face, that goes on in these first few episodes. It doesn't carry over into the rest. Like thank goodness, but it's just really weird that it's there at
0: all. Yeah, and she doesn't seem to be like, clearly not bothered enough by it to to do something about about that. Yeah. Um. So uh, what I found really amusing is when Pizzazz storms out. After slapping Lindsay, she uh, she's like, you guys don't have enough class. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, have you looked at yourself yeah, right. lately?
2: <laughs> you just smacked somebody.
0: You're wearing leopard print. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got like streaks of purple and pink makeup on your face and green hair. Come on. That's pretty oh. fancy where I come from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, of course, Rio ends up uh, turning Pizzazz's offer down about working for for them. And uh, she elbows him. Uh, and uh, that sends Rio flying into a bunch of equipment, which causes, like, an amazing amount of t- damage and uh, the set catches fire fire. just things are exploding and lights are coming down and speakers get blown up i mean it's pretty pretty chaotic
2: it is and you just have to wonder like really is is all that equipment that sensitive that it's just gonna like blow up at the slightest provocation I,
0: i think this is like this is very much a thing of not just cartoons um, but this is very much like an 80s thing with like any kind of, you watch any action movie from the 80s, like cars, any kind of car that, you know, loses control, goes off a cliff. As soon as it hits the ground, it just explodes. And w- that's been proven a complete myth. Like cars just don't explode like that when they crash. If they were that unsafe, I don't think many people would be driving them.
2: Yeah, no. Probably. And the same can be said for lights and speakers right. and other TV studio equipment. It's just not. It's not. That See, good. the the
0: only thing I can think of is that, like, unless unless you've got like a hydrogen powered car, I mean, a, a hydrogen tank that gets damaged can definitely catch fire and explode, but not with gas. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, it's flammable, but the cold cars is not going to instantly explode. <laughs> So I think are, are we at the the end of the episode now? I you think at the cliffhanger that, because Jim yep. is
2: trapped under some exploding speakers.
0: Right. Okay. And
2: how <laughs> will she get out of this? Yeah. We just don't know.
0: Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I don't. I don't think they're going to make it till the next I'm, episode. To be honest, yeah, with
2: I'm afraid for her. I, I feel like she's going to come. If she comes away, that she's going to be scarred for life.
1: The whole rest of the series is just literally the hologram of Jim. <laughs> <laughs>
0: She
2: didn't make it oh, out from man. under the sheet. She didn't make it
1: out. But they have to
2: keep up the pretense so they can win the battle of the bands.
1: They need that money. Sounds mansion.
0: like um sounds like a, a a gritty reboot directed by Christopher Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is we tried to ground Jem in reality. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, it would be so amazing. It would probably be better than whatever live action <laughs> they're coming with right now. Uh, in
0: the scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. So uh, unless either of you have some additional comments about this episode, I kind of want to move on to some trivia. Interesting things from this particular episode. I'm down. All right.
1: Yeah, let's do Great.
0: it. So one of the things that uh, actually I kind of already spoiled one of the items on this list, but the whole thing with Kimber's hair occasionally turning to pink, that's an ongoing issue, not just in this episode, but in later episodes as well. And I actually questioned this at first. I thought, I i originally thought Kimber's hair was red. When I looked it up, her the character's hair is certainly supposed to be red, like very visibly red in comparison to... Um, to Jem's very pink hair. And if you look at the opening title sequence in the show, her hair is like fire engine red. But then the actual animation from the episode, her hair is kind of red-ish, and then sometimes is more like fuchsia. So it's all over the place. Mm. It's almost you know, orange again,
1: in some shots, It too. And it was
0: orange in some shots, too, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't know what the deal was with that. It's very strange.
2: It is weird. Sometimes I I, I almost thought that like, they got so busy coloring her like stripy pink thing that she's wearing that they were like, and now her hair is also pink because pink is well, that's thing I is, have in my hand.
0: Back in 84, unlike today, where everything, all the coloring is done digitally, um Back in '84, the stuff was getting hand drawn, right? So I, I can only assume that they didn't have computers to color that stuff, right? So I, I guess I can kind of see, but I mean, there's there's really no excuse for having that kind of consistency. Like that's the producer's job to say, yeah, we can't, you know, we have we we have to ensure that this this baseline quality is maintained. Like these characters have to have the same, like all the visual traits that are recognizable. For those char- characters have to be maintained through each and every episode and every single frame of the show. Yeah, but uh, so there's there's um there's a scene where Rio grabs Kimber. This is actually the part where uh, she gets upset when they're filming the Twilight in Paris music video, and she storms off. Rio grabs her by the arm, and in that moment, I don't know if either of you noticed that but um, Kimber's sleeve changes to a different outfit, and then Does when she really? pulls away when she pulls away, it suddenly snaps back.
2: Rio's hand has a universe holographic
1: yeah holographic <laughs> capabilities <laughs>
0: that's hilarious and another interesting uh, uh thing i found about this episode is that this is the first time that there are no misfit songs in this particular episode i noticed Mm -hmm.
1: that yeah
0: and i think um i think there was there was some commentary about about this that they tried to really balance that out in the later episodes they really wanted to make sure there was kind of like an even number of songs They they would do like one gem song one misfit, one misfit song one gem song kind of a thing Mm-hmm. Uh, not in that particular order, but they would try to balance it out between the two groups, which makes sense. I mean, there is the rivalry between these two bands, and the Misfits are very much an integral part of the show, as much as Jim and the Holograms.
2: I think it's just, you know, basically just the way that things fell out in this one, that there was less of a Misfits plot and less of a reason for them to sing. Because, you know, I mean, they could sing a song about taking milk. <laughs>
0: And, uh, another, uh, interesting thing is that, uh, this is the first time Jim and the Holograms actually leave the country and travel to Paris. And I never really gave it much thought. You know, I, I have seen all three seasons, but I guess a lot of it really takes place in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is, there are some episodes where they go to China or whatever, um, later on, but there's not a ton of international stuff, Mm-mm. which I would have actually loved to see a little bit more. Of that, and it's a I think a good opportunity. If they ever reboot the the cartoon, that they they should do some stuff that's like Gem and the Holograms traveling different countries and whatnot.
2: Yeah, and they should leave behind that weird thing where synergy is like, oh, the atmospheric interference. Like, no,
0: stop that. Yeah. <laughs> with the sat, this, yeah, because the satellite they got a bouncer signal off the satellite dish. Yeah, yeah. No, stop it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the girl with the Shangri La back. It's. Yeah. If synergy can work in Shangri-La,
0: <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, that's kind of weird. I mean, I I don't think that really works in modern times, considering the current technology that we have. Like, synergy's computer might be centralized somewhere, but I mean, signals can be bounced off cell towers now, yeah. right? You don't need to go all the way up to a satellite dish. Yep. No. But of course, I mean, it, back then there were no cell phones, right? So.
2: Well, I mean, they They're, had the like, big Zach Morris phones.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but that's that. Yeah, but we're that's getting into like ninety-one, ninety-two. This is nineteen eighty-four. Oh,
2: well,
0: they had car phones certainly back then, but that was about it. Yeah. Uh, so
2: would be a smartphone. I'm just saying. <laughs> mhm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Another little uh, animation mistake at the end. Of, I got my eye on you. Uh, Gem's tights are missing for a brief (laughs) moment.
2: I feel like that happens a lot too.
0: It's a wardrobe (laughs) malfunction.
2: Yeah, especially when like they try to have her have like um tights or or leggings that have like a pattern or something. Like it must be just a bear trying to animate that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just like it, We're not (laughs) animate.
0: Well, I think that's why a lot of uh, um a lot of newer shows they they go with simplified designs because the more patterns and things you have to draw, it really makes it complicated to draw. Um like if if you're doing it by hand, I know this cuz I've I've taken some animation courses to have to draw frame like each individual frame and you're drawing the same freaking character like 30 pages just to do, let's say, moving a hand might take, let's say, six individual drawings. Mm -hmm. So you, that character has to look exactly the same. And if uh, the character's pants has like a bunch of dots, polka dots all over it, you've got to draw the dots in the same spot. Otherwise, from frame to frame, it's not going to look right when you play it back. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: And I think Jim is a great example of that. I was noticing, um, when they were on the way back from Paris, I think, at the airport. And Jim has, like, I don't know, fishnet-type stockings on. And then, you know, she runs behind the pillar and, you know, turns Synergy off and runs back again. Still has, like, the fishnets on. And it looked not that great.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of that, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and there's actually there's there's one more ro- uh, wardrobe malfunction, uh, and that's near the beginning of this episode, um, and it's right on the boat when the misfits are leaving. Roxy's dress changes uh, from the one she has in "Let the Music Play" to "Twilight in Paris." So just they the the dress basically changes, um, which is kind of weird. I didn't notice that at first though. Hmm. Mm. Some of the wardrobe malfunctions are are more obvious. If if it's if it's in there for like at least one or two seconds, it's much easier to see.
1: Yeah.
0: Especially okay. if a character if they're just if the camera's on the one character for like a couple seconds and then you see like a glitch, it's much easier to catch it that way. Makes sense. But there were a couple spots too where I noticed in this episode Jim's face looked really dark. It was like her she got a tan in her face, but <laughs> the rest of her body was just pasty white. <laughs> it was like, okay. You
1: gotta match your foundation so, color better than that.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's best <laughs> yeah, fun. exactly. It's a bad makeup job. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> Synergy, you gotta fix it.
2: Synergy <laughs> so should be able to keep her skin even. Mm-hmm. We'll have to turn to Neutrogena for that.
0: (laughs) So I guess we'll have to wait till episode four to see what the hell happens.
2: Yeah, I predict nothing but scarring and defeat.
1: Mm. We'll see.
0: You think anyone's going to end up in the hospital or dead?
1: Mm. Uh, Maybe. Well, we already said Jem. Yeah, Jem might die.
2: And then it'll just be the hologram Jem going forward this whole episode for the whole rest of the season. That's my prediction.
1: Yep, I'm with Tempest. I think she, I think she sees it.
0: <laughs> right on. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, everyone, stick with it. Episode four is next. So, uh, Tempest, where can everybody find you?
2: You can find me um, on my blog at ktempestbradford dot com or on Twitter uh, at tinytempest.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, I know you're a writer. Is there anything in particular you want to plug?
2: not this week.
0: Okay. All right. So everyone should go visit your site basically. Yeah. All right. And Aline, where can people find you?
1: Um, well, my personal Twitter account is at Aline. It's a L E E N. And I also have another podcast I do called less than or equal, um, where I talk to people, um, about the geeky projects they're doing. And that's at less than or equal.com or on Twitter at less than or equal.
0: Fantastic. Thank you for coming on, and we'll see you next time on Episode 4. Okay, sounds good.